talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Linz. I'm your host, Lindsay, and again, poet the passenger, as always, a massive thank you to you and your music that you provide me. You guys rock. Today's guest, I'm thrilled to be joined by Ruby Rose Fox, musician, artist, also the founder of The Unstoppable Performer. I will be linking all of Ruby Rose Fox's social medias, YouTubes, websites, all of that stuff in the link below, just because there are so many of them that it's just easier. I strongly urge you to go and watch some of the videos on YouTube because you will go down the rabbit hole and you will thank me later. So you're welcome. You're welcome. Ruby also is the founder of The Unstoppable Performer. Ruby does personal coaching. The There is a Unstoppable Performer Masterclass and Nervous System Workshops. So if you're feeling stuck in your creative endeavors, go check it out. And you can also listen to Ruby Rose Fox's stunning album, Salt. I listen to it on Spotify. I'm sure it's on Apple iTunes as well. Just go find it, listen to it again. You're welcome. All right, without further ado, Ruby Rose Fox. And welcome to the show, Ruby Rose Fox. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's such a pleasure to meet you. So Ruby, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into performing? Because you just said you've been doing it for 18 plus years. Oh, Yeah. Um, well, I fell in love with performing as a very tiny child. Um, my parents were fundamentalist Christians, and I wasn't actually allowed to listen to that much music. Oh. Um, but I had a radio, so it was sort of my portal to the real musical world. Mm-hmm. And I started just making, like, ripping songs off onto my tape player. And well done that. Got a- and got obsessed with Roy Orbison and just started to use my little Fisher Price microphone and it was sort of I mean there were many many moments out there where I sort of recommitted to different kinds of singing but it was very much something I just felt in my body as a small child as something I just felt magical to me yeah so You're more, I'm going to say you're more of a musician singer because it it does say on your website that you're an actress slash director writer, but would you say you're more in the musical? For sure. So now, now I am, um, I studied theater at Emerson, um, Mm -hmm. I studied acting and then later, um, in my musical career shifted, um, sort of back to, acting again I started doing sort of one woman shows and integrating my records into live performance oh fantastic yeah so definitely started getting into multimedia um one woman shows that kind of thing so but I would say primarily I'm a musical artist I would say gotcha because I've I've seen so many of your music videos now I kind of went down a rabbit hole (laughs) (laughs) oh my god after Brian told me about you, I was just like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and your rendition of um, Jolene, the Dolly Parton. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's thank like haunting. you. Ooh. Yeah, well, that, that came because um, someone had done, ha- someone had slowed a record down. And if you slow Jolene down, it actually sounds like a guy singing it. And it sounds really pretty. Mm-hmm. And I listened to it and I was like, well, that's kind of the key I sing in anyway. 
so I just sort of covered the slow version. Oh, that's gorgeous. Absolutely yeah. stunning. So you did more, you've started more doing music in like the past, what, 18 years, you said? And you were doing tours? Yeah, so I, I was in, when I was 14, I joined a ska band in high school and oh we ended up playing for the <laughs> next... We were called Mass Hysteria, and we ended up playing for the next, I oh gosh, gosh, seven, eight. I mean, in, until maybe like two years after high school, we continued to play and tour. How did your um, parents feel about that? Oh, they loved it. Because okay, Because I, I was dyslexic, so I really struggled in school, and mm -hmm. it was the one thing. Music, I just really excelled at. So they were just happy to see me happy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I had like a very formative experience, like... DIY shows and putting my, you know, writing songs and um, making things happen. Mm -hmm. um, and then I completely left that world to study acting and then did straight plays and Shakespeare for a couple years after college. So my plan was to just be a professional actor and actually not do any music. Oh, okay. Um, so talk us through that a little bit, because that I've, I know a lot of people who have stopped doing one thing to pursue another area, but then they've always gone back yeah, to their first passion. For sure. Um, I, I left for a couple, I left for a bunch of reasons. One was frustration about, um, I, I definitely got pigeonholed into a type and I didn't fit into my age. Like I was in my early twenties and I had a booming low voice I had a big presence, I had dark hair, and the ingenues were going to be like lighter and blonder, and yeah, often it was like me, like I was the risky choice for gotcha. casting directors, and um, some, like a mentor was like, yeah, in a bunch of years you'll be the leading lady, and I was like, I don't want to wait till I'm 40 to start being an yeah. artist. Yeah. So th there was that, um, I had a really bad audition once where I got hurt by another actor and oh. that sort of set me back a little bit. Um, sort of like a traumatic experience that just, I, I think unconsciously made me stop wanting to audition as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. And yeah, so I did, so I started to just have a crisis of like not wanting to do it anymore. So yeah. I was sort of on my, you know, spiritual seeker journey and yeah. um, ended up living at a meditation center for a couple months. Oh, nice. And I thought I might be a Buddhist chaplain. And at that Zen center, I was like very obsessed with Leonard Cohen and his poetry. Mm -hmm. And that's when just kind of something clicked in my head where he he was doing something with words and music that I didn't know you were allowed to do. Mm hmm so I was just sort of compelled after that. And I came home and I was like, I'm going to start working really hard to be a songwriter. Oh, fantastic. Have you ever had the inkling to go back to acting or just it's like off the table? You're done. Um, it's so interesting because I'm new. I just moved to Chicago and um, it's funny how if you change like your entire environment, like possibilities open up to you that you oh, never... Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've actually been like, I'm like, what if I did opera or <laughs> what if I got back into, what if I got back into, um, theater? Uh, but I, I don't think so. I think I'm going to continue to mostly just compose music. Yeah. Um, but it's crossed my mind. 
<laughs> Chicago does have a really great theater scene up there. For sure, yes. Yeah. So talking, just going through some of your music videos, the one that really stood out for me was Freedom Fighter. Yeah. And I feel like that had a really huge response online, like a really positive. Like, can you talk us through the, the video of that? And the song behind that, because it was just, there was something about it that like, I, you know, when a song just kind of pierces your soul Aww, a little bit, yeah. I was just like, ooh, ooh. So that's the one that's really like just captured. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I, I think pe people either say that or like don't like the song at all. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's super interesting. Um, but actually, um, a, a film friend from Emerson contacted me. I'd kind of made, been making my own DIY videos with my friend Roger for like a bunch of years. And he contacted me about making this video, uh, the Freedom Fighter video of like um, basically uh, trying to outrun a bullet. Mm -hmm. And I at the time felt like really strong about not like making everything myself and mm -hmm. Um, especially just like finding my own voice as a woman in the world. Finally, yeah. like I, I felt like I really had, I had gone from sort of just discovering what it means to be in a patriarchy, like just un unfolding all those layers of just like, wow, here I am here. Here's what my voice sounds like. Here's how I want it to sound. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I say voice, I don't just mean like my actual voice, which is included in that, but also my artistic voice. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know how I felt about having somebody else come in and like say that, but talk for me, but he came in with such an amazing idea and it felt like so right for the time. And so we just, we just worked together and he walked me through every shot and I don't know. I just felt like he really understood me. He came to me understanding me as an artist. And so yeah. it was like an easy yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we... I like ran for an entire summer to try to get in shape so I could look like a runner. <laughs> <laughs> the acting experience helped with that because I was like, okay, I guess we're going into like acting mode where like, you know, you get fit for a role or fat for a role or whatever uh -huh. you have to do for the role. <laughs> so I like ate keto and hated my life. Oh, uh, gosh. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> my husband does keto. It's a, uh... I'm like, why? Oh, why? Oh, oh, oh. It's all just really fatty meats, and <laughs> basically that's it. I'm like, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. But but the song the song itself, I actually wrote it in my head on the way back from a tour with um, this woman named Martha Davis, who had a big hit in the '80s, um, and we she was just lovely um but i was breaking at the time i was like mentally breaking out of a super abusive physically mentally emotionally abusive relationship and it was like the first moment i really felt relief and felt like freedom mm -hmm. and so that's that's kind of where that song came from wow yeah see that's to me as um because I'm, I'm not a, a, i love to sing i'm just not a songwriter or any I I because I, I'm dyslexic too my brain just cannot oh, wow. figure out I've done songwriting courses and I get how the structure is I get I get how it's all meant to be sure uh, you saying you write something in your head like I can do that with other things I just can't cannot do it with songs and I cannot I'm just like anyway anyway 
but you know it's interesting i don't know for the dyslexic mind if those courses are so helpful yeah i mean this was a long time yeah. ago yeah yeah I was yeah just like um i've always gotten really stuck by those kind of yeah things. it's and, really weird but just I just get, find it so fascinating how I, I can write a story in my head and just be like, oh, okay, I have it all planned out. I just need to write it down. But you, on the other hand, have it no. with the lyrics, which I just yeah, find yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. so daunting. And then you and I the find the same with writing. Like, I, I don't even know how people do that. <laughs> like, write a story. Like, how do you even? <laughs> I don't so even know. I, I do love hearing stories of somebody like, I don't know, like Elton John, whatever. He's like, oh, yeah, I just was in the bath and just wrote this song or I woke up like singing this medley and I'm just like what <laughs> so you're just saying you wrote it in your head and then here it is and it's an incredible song I'm just like oh my god <laughs> it's incredible to me Thank I'm you. just like Ooh. a lot of of your songs are impacted by like current affairs so yeah. what what would you say would be like a huge influence what inspires you when you're writing something? Because obviously there's so much stuff going on in the world. Like how do you, like what, what really resonates with you? I think, um, I think it was Leonard Cohen that says like, I think every songwriter really only has two songs, mm -hmm. meaning they're like continually writing the same thing uh -huh. in some way. And I think for me, the thing I'm always, it's like a triangle for me of like, what's happening in the world, what's happening interpersonally, and then like this weird relationship to the, I would say like the beloved or like what most people call God. I don't, I'm an atheist, but um, that like longing for whatever is beyond. Mm -hmm. And so I think when I write, usually I'll be triggered by something like, um, like I have a song called Ronald Reagan killed the radio which is like inspired by a documentary um, and another song called Matador, which is inspired by a documentary. And I'll just see something that resonates with my life. Um, and then it kind of just becomes swirls into one thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think that's a dyslexic thing. Like your brain kind of takes a bunch of stuff and reorganizes it into a new thing that makes complete sense to you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really, I just, I find it really interesting what triggers people. Cause it's just, I've, I feel, I, I don't know about anybody else, but sometimes I just feel so overwhelmed because there's so much stuff going on in the world right now. And it's, I feel like it's always like this, just media obviously heightens everything. Mm-hmm. And because we have such exposure now with social media and I'm just, I just don't know where to start sometimes. So sometimes yeah. I just have to just like tunnel vision. I don't know about you. I, I'm, I'm rarely inspired by what I see on social media. It's usually something calmer, like a podcast or a book I'm reading or a documentary. Like I agree. I, I get overwhelmed with all that stuff. I don't, I don't even know it's real anymore. I know. Um, mm. It's like very overwhelming and kind of creepy feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, Facebook has gotten really weird and dark in the last couple of years. I actually, I had to delete it. Oh, about, you did? Yeah. About four I, years I, ago. I I'm getting fully, there. I just fully went out. I was just like, and I didn't tell anybody. I just did it. It oh, was a rush. It was a rush to sit. I, I, it was so funny. I got pregnant and I was like, done, done. 
I love how like having a baby makes like <laughs> like really obvious decisions so obvious. Like my sister just had a kid and she's like, nope, cutting that out of my life. Don't need that. <laughs> it's, it's really bizarre because social media is so overwhelming anyway. And then yeah. you just like, I don't know what it is about Facebook in particular, but I just, it's just such bullshit. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I, it was and just it so brings much, out the worst in everyone. It does. And it, it was really just does. So much noise. And for the first time in a really long time, I just wanted everything just to be private. So oh, like yeah. I, go, I, I do Instagram and stuff, but it's very like rare that I'll post something with my son. Mm. Um, mm. Just because mm. I'm just like, well, he's not able to say yes, you can post that. <laughs> so and I just like, I, f I find it weird when I know like all my sister's friends children via their faces on facebook but i've never met them i just i don't know there's just something that i'm like i'm good i'm good totally <sighs> i think as an artist i was very cavalier about like i'm just gonna this is me i'm putting everything out there yeah um because as in your like i put everything out there in my music yeah so i'm just like well there's nothing to hide i yeah. i am who i am but then I, I, a couple years back, this woman like fell in love with me and like convinced herself we were dating and became a stalker. <gasps> and it was scary to me and uh, re like really screwed me up. And like I've I, since then, I just have not been able to really be on social media in the same way. And I had this whole, I don't know, like a revelation of like, yeah, it's not as the, the illusion of safety is is really an illusion it's, like you really are putting yourself out there for people yeah. to just who your family is and everything about you all your opinions everything yeah yeah it's really it's it's, it's just super overwhelming just super that's i just felt I super and i just was super overwhelmed super like just extra noise and then i had two separate facebook's one for my private stuff and one for like all my acting stuff because i found like when i had it all as one random people like I know you had a, a crazy experience, sounds like, but I just had random people just like liking every single one of my photos, commenting on them all, like from like 10 years ago. And I'm just like, this is weird. I don't know. Who, who does that? Like who goes through every photo? Who in, in their mind is like, I'm going to like all her photos one by one. It's weird. It's and like, so she's not going to think that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> So I was that I drew the line of that, made two separate accounts, and then as soon like I said, as soon as I got pregnant, I was like, delete, delete, bye bye. Oh my god, yeah. just too much. But oh, um. <laughs> shake that off. <laughs> um, so on your site, it says that you songs inspire you from like political state, but there's something here. It says um, from the Me Too movement. What song? in particular was inspired by that you know i think the whole salt my second record called salt was uh -huh. sort of uh especially that for um a song called caroline says three which is re a response to lou reed's caroline says mm -hmm. um one and two and i just remember it was it was really like pr a little pre me too actually when he died there was like a lot of stories just about how you know he did he wasn't the nicest guy to everybody and mm -hmm. you know just thinking about how these artists that we put on a pedestal i've always thought of like i really love the album berlin and you know i like to think that the the male artists that i'm 
love are just completely fictional fictionalizing the violence towards women and then like i had the uh, the thought for the first time i was like oh wait like what if this is inspired by real life and and i don't know um but i sort of wrote a, a song in response to the album berlin and put myself in the female character's shoes oh, interesting. and she's sort of like knocked on the floor and she's getting up sort of like in a daze trying to get herself back up um come and like break out of the record basically mm -hmm. um so i think i was just exploring my own confusions and questions about just uh the relationship between like a female listener and a male artist and who writes about violence and I, I, yeah, it, yeah, it was really complicated. I feel like there was a, um, a conversation about that happening somewhere on social media, obviously um, about how it's always the men who are writing all these violent, violent things. I think it was about, there was a Liam Neeson film was involved. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. I, I didn't see. It was just, it was yesterday. I perused it and I was like, okay, this is, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because one of my most formative artistic experiences was uh, in college. Um, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting his name? He wrote Blue Velvet, Eraserhead. Um, oh, I know, I know who you're talking about. Oh my god, I'm having one of those like <laughs> crazy, crazy blanks. I know exactly who you're talking about, but I can't think of his name. Um, anyway, so he 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 basically was a super advocate of transcendental meditation. Oh, mm -hmm. David Lynch. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> And la, and then one of the things he said was that you know the world, the artist's job is to reflect society. Mm -hmm. um, well, some a lot of people think that the artist's job is to entertain society, but there's like two kinds of artists: some reflect, some entertain, some do both. And so he's on the reflection side, um, and he he said that just because you reflect the violence of the world doesn't mean that you have to be violent. Yeah. Like inside, mm -hmm. um, that your internal world has to be violent. Yeah. And um, that kind of gave me so, more, so much permission to explore things, especially in my younger artistic days of just like going to the darker places without feeling like I was messed up or shameful yeah. about it. I was just like, yeah, I'm exploring this. This is a part of what it is to be human. But then there's this, but then there's this other thing of like, you know, Louis CK like <laughs> joked about yeah. all of the stuff that came out later that was not okay. Mm -hmm. um, I still love Louis CK. Um, but, but that was real. He was, I mean, it's sort of like, abusers often will like lay the trail for you like like they show you who they are yeah um in this really obvious way so it's just like messy and confusing and i think artists should be totally allowed to talk and, and discover darkness and live in darkness and have trauma and screw things up so yeah i'm still sort of digesting that whole thing especially even in myself you know like what it's funny i was just having a conversation with a friend and and we were talking about how we as artists often write from the wound mm -hmm. and he was like um 
right from right from the scar, not from the wound, meaning that there's some distance between the trauma that you're in and the output. Yeah, that makes total sense. To make it safe for you and everyone else. Yeah. Hmm. That's anyway, I don't hmm. have it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just swinging, there's a swinging back to the stalker story because you have a single cord stalker. Are those two related? Or are they just completely? Um, no, I think that one was just more about me. Like, I think like you were saying again, like on social media, just having access like to exes and just like watching their pictures and like being tempted to look at, look up their girlfriends and like seeing things that you don't want to see. Yeah, but like almost compulsively needing to look, and then it. it's just so yeah. Weird and I'm like, like, I feel like an internet stalker. <laughs> Um, so I just kind of wrote that, the, the song stalker just to like metabolize what I was feeling about like the shame of doing that, mm -hmm. okay. knowing that so many people do that as well. Yeah. It's so weird. It's, it's weird. It's like, it has become a thing. And then that was the, another thing. One of my teachers said years ago, cause he didn't have Facebook. He was like, I had, I had to get rid of it because as soon as you add somebody or like accept somebody on Facebook you immediately start looking at their pictures because that's what you do, like a lot of people do. Um, and he's just like, it's just weird. You just realize what a stalker you're becoming, like unintentionally. It is super voyeuristic in so it's many ways. so weird. <sighs> and sort of just like this solve for loneliness. You don't, yeah. we don't have to sit in our pain and our loneliness. We just continually scroll through other people's lives and it's just become super weird i i don't remember it being this weird when it first started like i remember it just was exciting to kind of connect to friends and promote shows and connect people yeah. and make events and i don't know it doesn't feel that way to me anymore no i know exactly what you mean it's weird so bizarre i think it's i think it has to, a lot to do with like how they've changed it over the years like it's I hate the fact that you can message like I've I'm not I don't use messenger anymore um it's weird no one should be able to just directly message you that doesn't have your phone number yeah like email me yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> like if you don't have my phone number I didn't give it to you yeah so it's it's like this like um like over time they've just add, keep adding more and more things that sort of like invade into your life mm -hmm. and i just find that so weird Good but as a performer Thanks. like it's the best way to get word out about shows so it's like i guess you just have to use it as the tool that it is it's a tool yeah i mean i, I definitely think that's one thing i was missing when i did delete it because i did use it a lot to promote stuff but at the same time i'm like you know what whatever like people who actually know me know what i'm doing because i do email blasts and i'm just like it took me a mm -hmm. while just to be like oh shit <laughs> just purely because of that aspect but whatever well um that's awesome so, <laughs> so with the pandemic how has that affected you and your creativity and like has that amplified it has it just kind of put like a little dampener on it how because i've interviewed a few mus musicians and some people have just been like, yeah, we've written an album with blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, fucking hell. Like some people, yeah. there's a three-piece band and they like live together 
and they were like we're gonna be in a bubble i was like jeez <laughs> they, wow. they, they hit it hard um but i know other people have just been like nah just took some time off you know yeah yeah like how, how did that affect you it it, it didn't affect me in a, a, a really positive way um it didn't make me more creative and i think i had like the smallest output of creativity i've ever had i did sort of set up a studio um like and bought a lot of gear and kind of taught myself how to record and do a little mixing and do stuff that i just didn't know how to do before mm-hmm. um but in terms of just creativity and writing and creating i realized i think i'm an introvert but i you know there's a part of me that's really inspired by other people and excited by other people and i need the world to be working yeah for me to want to retreat from the world to make what i make yeah that makes total sense like if there's big crowd like if there's like a baseball game or something i'm like i shouldn't be here i should be writing in my studio (laughs) (laughs) but if i don't have like the stimulus to like fight yeah. it's like almost like i'm fighting the rest of the world <laughs> to like have my time but if i have too much time i i'm like paralyzed yeah <laughs> um are you looking forward to going back onto tour because you've done a bunch of tours i don't know i i am sort of just i'm in writing mode and mm-hmm. it's it feels overwhelming right now there's a like a lot of like male male musician friends are like 100 percent like i'm booking a million shows this year but i feel different i feel like i've changed i feel like the pandemic changed me a lot and mm-hmm. i feel like the hustle and the like the world i lived in before doesn't even exist anymore and i don't even know i don't even know what i'm coming back to and so i'm being so gentle with myself about all of this and just doing what feels right in the moment and not feeling a lot of pressure to achieve and conquer and like do do the 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 thing that um i think makes so many people burnt out and miserable at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and just focusing on quality over quantity now like if i can write one incredible song this year that i'm really truly proud of i i would be happier than you know yeah than a big bigger output if that makes sense mm-hmm. it's really interesting because i feel like i've heard a similar thing with pandemic it's either made people like super just go crazy and like need mm-hmm. to create all this stuff or people have just chilled the fuck out yeah and they're like well, you know what we're never gonna get this time back so let's just chill Right. And just take some time for ourselves because we never, ever get to do that, really. And really oh, yeah. just sit with that. I mean, I did a lot of ayahuasca <laughs> <laughs> and uh, meditating and self-care and just letting things come up that didn't have time to come up before. Exactly. Yeah. And it just felt like the only thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, when is this going to happen in my lifetime? Yeah. That we have like an entire year or two reflect on our inside world yeah um I don't know what what happened to you I just it's weird because um so obviously my work completely shut down (laughs) of Um, course of course um now it's completely done um so there is no where for me to go back to work which I'm like that's fine I just spent so much time with my child my toddler and I I don't want to be like one of those people but I I literally had a blast 
because I just we spent every single second together that's and amazing we just, we just did so much fun stuff and now I'm pregnant again oh my god oh my god <laughs> that happened I'm, to so many people yeah I, I just said to my husband I was like we're gonna let's just do it let's just do it then it's done we're still in <laughs> pandemic kind of mode um ah it's the perfect time <laughs> exactly and I'm like you know because after this it's done For um sure. I'm like no more I'm getting too old but I just I mean I did creative stuff like there there was a lot of stuff that I was getting on with but at the same time I just I'm always I've always been like the hustle 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 go 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 like have five things going on at the same time I like it's like I have ADHD where I just cannot stop and I just have to keep if I don't have something going on I'm like I can't I'm I'm weird in stillness you know like I just I just get really like it kind of gives me anxiety a little bit so just taking that time to be still mm-hmm. and just calm the fuck down yeah did like, you find oh. that like stuff came up for you like when so, you were still yeah so yeah. much stuff and it was wow. really interesting and it was just really I was like oh and just like I feel like I've always forced things to happen because mm-hmm. I'm so like not pushy no, I get I'm it. Like, go, 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 go. You know, I get it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like since I've calmed down, like actual stuff is happening. Oh, and that's I'm like, amazing! Like, like I booked a TV show and I'm uh, did something else and I'm blah 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 and I'm just like, oh fuck, huh? So this is what happens when you just kind of let the universe do its thing, you know? Which yeah, yeah. And I think if you're a go-getter and you're like really good at just like making stuff happen out of pure grit and effort, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's easy to do things that aren't totally a hundred percent in alignment with us and who we are. Yeah. And by slowing down a little bit, like I've noticed myself start a couple projects that I was like, oh my God, I don't want to do that at all. It's just, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Like I could make that happen if I wanted to, yeah. <laughs> but I don't actually. Um, so like having that extra time, I think is helping me just like realize, okay, here's what I really want to put my attention on and, and do. Yeah. It's exactly that. You've literally nailed, nailed it. Because it's exactly that. Like there've been so many things in the past where I've, I've done them because I could do them. And now I look back and I'm like, I hated every minute of it. And right. it's like, ugh. <sighs> we live and learn. We live and learn. Yes, exactly. Um, is there anything that you have a desire to talk about? Like, is there anything, like any of your videos, any of your songs that really just like, you're like, I need to talk about this? Or any stories you have of touring or anything like um, that? The only other thing I think I would mention is like I have this whole other body of work that I started a couple years ago after I did a I did a one woman show based on salt and I it was sort of like um a multimedia show where I like played a whole different bunch of characters and it was really expensive and really hard and really political so like really like emotionally tiring mm-hmm. and um I sort of just burnt out I had this like really insane nervous system response where I just like didn't want to perform anymore like I didn't want to get out of bed mm. and I ended up long story short I ended up 
sort of studying something called polyvagal theory um, and sort of just started getting really deep into nervous system theory oh, and how it relates to artists. Right. So I started this, I started writing a book on it just to like, because I was work, I started integrating this theory, which is basically long story short, it's basically like how to get out of a response into another one. So like if you're frozen, what's the pathway back to feeling better? And the surprising thing about this theory is that you actually have to feel a fight or flight before you get back to feeling what's called safe and social again. So there's like mm -hmm. a pathway. And so most people don't ever want to feel that insane stress that might come up. Um, so they bypass it and then just never get out of it. Mm -hmm. um, so I started like integrating the theory into my vocal teaching practice and just found it to be like wildly successful <laughs> and helpful for me to understand my clients better and for me to just help them sing, sing better because I, they could regulate their nervous systems or I could help them through that journey if singing were to disrupt that. And then I ended up making an entire masterclass on the, on basically the integration of polyvagal theory and performing. So, which covers things like stage fright and just putting out, putting different levels of energy and just what to do when you're stuck. And so, yeah, that's, I would say that's like the newest part of like the, my artistic life is this new sort of wanting to help institutions and, and, um, artists to kind of think about how, how are we going to integrate what we now know about trauma and the nervous system, which is so much more than we used to know mm -hmm. into an older paradigm of artistic training, which, you know, tended to be somewhat reckless and abusive sometimes, not always. Um, but be, just because we didn't, it was sort of like, you know, if you can't cut it, then get out of the business kind of thing. Or there's always another actor or musician waiting for your job. So just shut up and don't listen to your body, <laughs> basically. So, yeah, so that's called The Unstoppable Performer. And I sort of like, I coach students one-on-one -on -one and I also am um, finishing a book right now on it. But yeah, that's that's the only other part of my life to talk about, I think. That's really funny because um, when Brian first introduced us by email, that was the first video I watched. Was oh, you cool. Doing and I was like, and it was so funny because before I saw you doing music stuff, I saw that. And I was like, oh, I totally dig this. Oh, I was cool. totally on board. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> and then I saw your music videos and then I just completely forgot about everything else. And I went down the, <laughs> the music video rabbit hole. <laughs> awesome. So now I have to revisit that because I was like, oh, yeah, that was really, I was totally into that. Awesome. 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 Okay. Yeah, I'm excited about it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ruby Rose Fox. Do you oh, ever get from, so like, because obviously there's an actress, Ruby Rose. Um, only by weird, weird internet people that are like, are you Ruby Rose? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but my audience is a little older, I think. Um, so they rarely know about the famed Australian DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. well anyway thank you so much for coming on the show yeah um, thanks for having me it was really fun to talk to you it was really really fun and i'm gonna go down the next rabbit hole of all your other stuff because I oh yay 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 and if you so want to 
if you want a link to the class, I'll, I'll send it to you. Oh, I would love one. Um, Thank you. Cool, cool. Thank you once again, Ruby, for coming onto the show. It was such a pleasure to meet you virtually. It was wonderful. Um, Brian Wallace was our connection there. So thank you, Brian, for connecting us because that was a treat. Again, all the social media links are linked into this episode. So please go follow Ruby. Please go watch her videos. Oh, my goodness. Just spend an afternoon going down the rabbit hole. All right. And again, Poe the Passenger, thank you so much. Until next time. Bye. So sick of the sweet talk.